Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I'm a leadership coach for women. Now usually as part of these podcasts, we interview an amazing woman of Aotearoa about her career journey. But today's episode is a little bit different. We wanted to give you some very practical career tips in an area that we know is important for so many people out there in their careers. And that's around how to think more strategically. Now, in my work over the last few years coaching women, very often I have women coming to me saying they've had some feedback that they need to not be so heads down, not be so operational. They need, they've been told they need to think more strategically. And then they go, and how do I do that? And and what does it mean? So today I hope to give you some thoughts, advice, and some really practical tools that will help you think more strategically. And hopefully that in turn will help to progress your own career. So before we get into some of the tools about how to think more strategically, I wanted to share some thoughts around what strategy is and why it matters. So strategy I would take to being actually having a direction that your organisation is moving in and that has some thought to the options, possibilities, trends that might be going on and then making some choices about how you're going to win within that environment. So it tends to involve some future thinking, some breadth in terms of looking externally, looking broadly about some of the things that might be going on in the world or in your industry. And it often involves a bit of innovative thinking as well. It's very different to what you might consider tactics. So that tends to be kind of very operational. What are we doing in the short term? How are we going to do things? What's the plan? How are we going to execute? Strategy instead tends to be that kind of big picture planning, thinking, why are we doing this? And tends to be more difficult to copy as well. There's a couple of reasons why strategy matters. First of all, in a world which we are in at the moment, which is increasingly volatile, so things are changing all the time, it's more uncertain, you know, we're not quite sure what the future might look like, Uh, it's increasingly complex, so many different variables going on, so many of which are interrelated, and also is very ambiguous. Actually, we don't really know what the right answers might be. And so within that environment, actually having a good view about what what are the trends, changes, possibilities that might be happening? And then seeing how you might apply that to your organisation become really important. So that's a broader view, but I guess on a more practical level for you and your career, at any level, being able to think about strategy to understand your organisation's strategy, but to then think actually you know, what your thoughts are on that, a really helpful thing to do for your career. And then if you're moving more into leadership roles, then absolutely thinking more strategically becomes a core competence that you'll need for your career success. So I'm going to talk now about three key ways that you can think more strategically in terms of generating possibilities and understanding trends. So the first area of strategic thinking I wanted to talk about is actually how do you think more broadly? How do you bring in that big picture external point of view into the way that you are thinking and considering ideas? And I wanted to talk about two core tools and you may well have heard of some of these before but I wanted to share them because they are really good ones to have in your toolkit ready to go if you want to think more strategically. So the first one is about a SWOT analysis. So S-W-O-T stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities and Threats. 
And it's a very straightforward tool to be able to use. You can apply it at any level. So you can look at it in terms of your organisation or even your industry, or you can look at it even, for example, at your team or your function, your department. And so to explain it, essentially it's a box with four different parts, your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities and your threats. And your strengths and weaknesses tend to be more internal looking and then your opportunities and threats tend to be more external looking. And again, I'll use Whitaker's as an example to kind of generate some thoughts about what your strengths or weaknesses might look like. So if you're thinking about strengths, it can be helpful to think, actually, what does our company, what does our organisation do really well? Where do we have an advantage? And if you take Whitaker's as an example, they've got a really strong, trusted, well-loved brand here in Aotearoa. Are there any other strengths that your organisation has, perhaps in terms of the talent that it has, the assets, its brand, maybe that's marketing, its reputation, its products, its quality, its cost, its technology, its innovation, maybe in terms of the structure, its distribution, maybe in terms of its research and development, maybe the leadership. So thinking really broadly around what strengths your organisation might have. And then if you look then at weaknesses, so it's really important at the same time to think actually where might our company have some challenges, some struggles. And a few questions or thoughts to think about, actually what does our company not do so well? And where might we have a disadvantage? So if you think, for example, about Whitakers as an example, they're actually only in chocolate as a category. And within that, they tend to be kind of really focused on kind of bar or block chocolate. So they've got quite a limited range. And that could potentially be a weakness because if, for example, different categories or trends came up, it might mean that they might lose out in terms of their sales. So that could be an interesting one to think about. From a weaknesses point of view, again, also think about actually are there any weaknesses maybe in terms of the talent that you have, your brand, your marketing, your technology, your research and development, your structure. You think really broadly about what weaknesses your company might have. Then if we start to look externally rather than internally, and then you want to think about actually what opportunities might be for an organisation. What possibilities could there be maybe for more growth, for more profitability, even to be able to innovate more? You're thinking really broadly in terms of possible, you know, in terms of customers or different markets, different industries you might want to operate in, trends that are happening. Maybe it could be partnerships. Maybe it could be acquisitions. Maybe it could be people. Maybe it could be technology. Thinking really broadly about what opportunities there could be. And you take Whitakers, for example, there could be opportunities maybe in terms of exporting overseas. There could be opportunities to move to into different categories within the food arena alongside just kind of block and bar chocolate. Maybe they want to introduce a whole range of boxed chocolates or gifting chocolates. And then thinking also about the threats, actually, what kind of challenges externally might be coming down the pipeline? What might be some of the barriers that we have to our growth, to our profitability, to our innovation? You can imagine, again, this could be around competitors, it could be around customers, consumers, their behaviour, it could be things, areas of the market or industry that might be declining, it could be in terms of costs that are rising, you know, what might be some of the threats? And you can imagine for someone like Whitaker's, it could be, let's say, Cadbury decides to invest a lot in this market to really take market share and they're aggressive. Or it could be, for example, like shipping times to get the core ingredients of cocoa have massively increased, as have the costs. So those might be sort of more external threats. 
And I hope that provides a really nice distant example of the SWOT analysis. It's a very simple tool, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats that you can use at an organisation level or even down at your team level. And it gets you thinking broadly. Even better if you do this with some colleagues or even some people who might think quite differently to you and you do this exercise completely independently and then you bring your thoughts together and you will find then that you really further expand your view. Now the other tool that I wanted to introduce which is around getting you to think more broadly, think seeing the big picture, seeing wider kind of trends is what's called a pestle analysis, or pestle, sometimes people call it. And it looks at what are some of the political, economic, social, technological, legal, and environmental changes and trends that might be occurring. So if I go through each of those in turn, and I'll again use Whitaker's as an example to help explain the concept. So if you look, for, for example, first of all, at the political trends or changes that might be happening, maybe you might be looking at actually how stable the government is, whether there might be any changes, if there's foreign relations issues, potential conflict overseas, maybe there's certain policies or reforms that are happening in government, maybe there's issues around foreign trade. And from a Whitaker's perspective, it might depend where they get their actual cocoa beans from. Is it from, for example, maybe it's from Africa or from the Pacific? Are there any issues around political instability in those areas that might affect supply? Or it could be on a more local level, some of the trends, if, for example, the milk powder that might be used for the product, if that is coming from New Zealand, actually are the government trying to export more, which in turn might push up the price of dairy? So those are the kind of political trends coming through. If you think about then the E, so E is for economic. Economic trends could be things like actually, you know, how's the industry or how's the country doing in terms of economic growth? How are exchange rates tracking, inflation, interest rates, unemployment rates, what's consumer confidence looking like? And you can imagine how all of these could well impact a company like Whitaker's. But if I take a couple of examples... If, you know, at the moment and very recently, inflation has been running really hot and that may impact in terms of perhaps consumers buying less, but it might also impact in terms of the cost of raw ingredients, which might be putting pressure on actually margins. Or you could have like a, from an economic perspective, like if the unemployment rate is really low, which it is in Aotearoa at the moment, that might mean that you're finding, having trouble finding employees for your organisation. And that might then in turn impact your ability to manufacture. Then if I look at, so the S, the social side, thinking about trends in terms of population, in terms of age, in terms of growth, so general kind of demographics, people's changing trends around lifestyles and health, around broader culture, attitudes to innovation, to careers, how income is distributed across a country, even things like social trends around mobility. All of those things might start to impact in. And again, you can see how that might impact Whitaker's. And a couple of examples could be, you know, over time we've seen increasing trends towards more healthy eating. And as a chocolate company, that's likely to be on the minds of someone like Whitaker's. At the same time, you know, recently as the cost of living has increased, people are potentially moving their spending habits down to lower cost items rather than more premium. And Whitaker's tends to be, you saw that it's kind of a reasonably everyday chocolate, it's more at the premium end. So there could be some trends that Whitaker's finds challenging in that space. Then T stands for technology. 
and technology can, might be thinking about actually are there innovations that are coming about are there automation opportunities are there increasing need for kind of technology skills within your organization or your industry what kind of research and development might be coming down the pipeline actually what are the skill levels like within your organization or more broadly within your market to address your potential future technological needs and for example, let's say again for Whitakers, there could be a couple of things that, that they might be thinking about. It could be looking at, for example, the increasing trend here in Aotearoa towards online shopping and the impact that that might have in terms of that technological change. Because no longer will people be kind of confronted by chocolate at the checkout and so those impulse purchases might disappear. And then L stands for legal. So you have, you know, what kind of laws or regulations might impact your organisation? Could be tax policies that come in, could be broader industry regulations, there could be things around health and safety or copyright, patents, could be competition law. And there are a number of things, of course, in here that might, that Whitakers might have on their mind. But it could be, for example, there might be changes in law around advertising of certain types of food in certain places or at certain times of the day. And that might then impact Whitaker's ability to market to its consumers. And then last but not least is environment. And so thinking about changes in weather, changes in climate, environmental policies that are increasingly coming in, thinking about the impact of NGOs, so non-governmental organisations, thinking about kind of disasters that might occur, and also customer attitudes towards the environment. And we've seen this growing and increasing importance in most organisations' minds. They're increasingly looking actually at their environmental impact or environmental considerations. Again, for Whitakers as an example, they might be looking carefully at the impacts of climate change, potentially for how that might impact the ability of growers to grow cocoa because of perhaps greater heat or greater rain might impact crop yields. So I hope that also gives you a really good example of that pestle analysis, those nice six categories which really encourage you to think very broadly about trends, changes that might be occurring for your industry. So alongside thinking broadly and big picture for those external trends, it can also be really helpful if you're trying to think strategically about really trying to project into the future. And you will have thought a little bit about that in terms of the SWOT analysis or the pestle analysis, thinking about trends and changes that might occur. A couple of tools that can be helpful if you're really trying to think more futuristically. The first one is something called scenario planning. And it's a tool that's been around for quite a while, but essentially it's about actually thinking about possible futures, about what could emerge in the world or in your industry. And it's not about making a prediction or kind of a specific forecast. It's instead thinking about what scenario could happen and if that happened, what might we do about it? So it gets you thinking quite differently. Again, if I take Whitwick as an example, it's often about combining some of the trends that you've seen as part of that, you know, the SWOT or the PESL and seeing how they might combine. And let's say, for example, you had a combination of kind of a legal scenario where there was no longer any advertising allowed for confectionery before 9pm, for example, or that there was 
no longer allowed to have chocolate anywhere on supermarkets, anywhere near the till for impulse purchasing. And so those could be some kind of legal changes that might significantly affect the business. And at the same time, you might be seeing consumers increasingly switch their spend into more like healthy products rather than chocolate. And so if you imagine this scenario, then that might significantly, if you're Whitakers, affect your, um, your business. And kind of creating that scenario and then thinking, how might we deal with that? What might that mean for us? Really allows you to put yourself into a possible future and consider how you might react. Again, completely different scenario for someone like Whitakers could be actually what if we end up in a scenario where our cocoa supply becomes really volatile, maybe because of political instability, maybe that's combined then with climate change. So the actual yield from each year's growing of cocoa becomes much more unstable actually what then happens as part of that and then it gets you thinking about actually our supply chains where we might source our product from other alternatives so it allows you to think about the future the direction you want to go and how you can continue to win in the market which is what strategic thinking is all about the second tool that I often encourage people to use if they're trying to think more futuristically is actually to think really carefully about their stakeholders and what their stakeholders care about for the future or how, what their stakeholders' future might look like. And if you think about some possible stakeholders, that could include your consumers, it could include your customers, it could include your employees, your competitors, it could include government, both local and national. It could include suppliers. It could include your local community. So a wide range of different stakeholders. And thinking about actually what their future considerations might be. So for example, if you're thinking about customers, for example, from a Whitaker's example, and supermarkets being core customer to whom you would sell. Here in Aotearoa, there is um, looking like some significant change in terms of the supermarket landscape, in terms of perhaps increasing regulation and increasing competition coming in. And so thinking about what their future might look like can then help inform your choices about your future as well. Now, the third piece of strategic thinking that I wanted to talk about was how do you think more innovatively? How do you think more creatively? And often I get people at this stage going, look, I'm just not a creative thinker. You know, that's just not me. Everybody offers some fresh, diverse thinking that is different to other people. And so I was working actually a few weeks ago with a client who said just this. She said, you know, look, I'm just not, I'm more the kind of person who brings together other people's ideas rather than coming up with fresh ideas myself. And one of the first things actually I did with her was said, okay, let's go. We've got 15 minutes. I want you to come up with 25 different ideas about how you might change or improve your part of the business. And while that was quite confronting at the start, actually, once she got going, she was away and came up with 25 ideas quite quickly. I think really surprised herself about how innovative she could be. The other thing I would say is innovation is not necessarily about something completely novel or new. Instead, it can be about just reframing, learning something that's been applied somewhere else and applying it to your situation. So a couple of ways in which you can think more innovatively, more creatively. 
The first one then is to actually look at other organisations or even other industries and see what you can learn from them that you might apply to your own. So let's say, for example, we take Apple as a company we might like to learn from and thinking actually, you know, at the core of their products is just this amazing attention to beautiful design. And if you imagine Whitakers took that and they said, actually, how are we going to pay an enormous amount of attention to making sure that our designs are beautiful? Actually, what could that create in terms of perhaps a strategy that could enable us to win? You could take a different example. So let's say Netflix, when that first started up, it absolutely disrupted a core model of distribution. I'm sure some of you out there remember Blockbuster Video and going down to the store and hiring a DVD, whereas now streaming is completely normal. And so maybe it's about rethinking your distribution model. How do you get your product out to the hands of your customers? And so from a Whitaker's perspective, actually, you know, traditionally, perhaps they've gone through supermarkets. Are there other ways to be able to get their products into the hands of their consumers? You could look, for example, say inspiration from someone like Lego, you know, amazing little plastic blocks that, you know, most successful toy in the world. But one of the things that they've done more recently to continue to evolve and to grow their brand has been to build some really strategic partnership with the likes of Disney and Marvel. And so that includes things like Harry Potter. And so they've built really amazing sets of products around that and then extended that also into things like TV and movies too. And so that brand partnership at a very strategic level has enabled them really to grow their offering. So are there any ways that, you know, maybe uh, Whitakers could partner up with another strong brand that's not exactly in the same market, but that could help both of those brands grow? And then another example could be like Xero, for example. So the accounting software, a core part of their model is to work really closely with accountants because accountants then influence their customers about their choice of accounting software. And so is there something similar, for example, that Whitakers could do thinking about actually in terms of who might influence the choice of our end consumers and thinking about what that might look like? There's lots of different examples. Essentially, if you just think about actually what are some innovative or successful companies and what could we learn from them in terms of their model, their way of working, their approach to doing business, chances are you'll be able to learn and apply something there for for your own company. And otherwise, there are some few questions which can help you just think a bit differently if you're trying to think more more innovatively. And I'll share a few of them with you. One would be, actually, if you were a child, how might you address your business or some of the trends that are happening in your business? And it this allows you to take a completely different view on your organisations. You might look at um, actually thinking about what assumptions is the business making and how do you flip those completely around? Um, and that's always a really nice, interesting one to, to change things about. What if you thought 10 times bigger So really kind of stretching the boundaries of what might be possible. What then opportunities might emerge? Or actually, what could you learn from um, completely different areas, maybe from the world of art, from nature, from music? So just trying to really bring in those different fresh perspectives into your thinking. The last one could be, well, what if money were no object? What might we do then? And again, a great way to get some fresh thoughts into your strategy. 
So we're coming to the end of this episode today and I really hope you found it useful. First of all, to understand more about actually what is thinking strategically and why it matters, both in terms of progressing your career, but also in terms of handling a world nowadays that is ever-changing, very ambiguous and pretty complex as well. We've covered three core areas around thinking strategically. We've looked at how you can think more broadly, more big picture, and looked at the SWOT and PESEL tools as part of that. We've looked at actually also how you can think more into the future. So we've looked at things like scenario planning and also mapping your stakeholders and how they might shift for the future. And then we've also looked how you can think more innovatively and more creatively, perhaps by borrowing models from very different companies or industries, or actually asking some key thought-provoking questions. I hope that you found these tools really useful. I hope you get a chance to apply them in your day-to-day work and that they're helpful for you in your own career. Thank you very much for listening and if you do have any ideas of future topics that you'd like to hear us talk through on the podcast, please do drop us a line. Hello at thefemalecareer.com.